What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Round. My name is Elisa Cicino. And I'm Bethany Davis. And we are talking about this city called Augusta, Georgia. The city we love and live in. The little quirks about it, the food, the drinks, the entertainment, the music. The people. What really does make this town go round? Man, this is a great song. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the third episode of What Makes This Town Go Round. My name's Elisa, and Bethany Davis will not be with us this afternoon. She is sick. We wish you well, Bethany. Get bed better soon. Here in a drowsy day here in Augusta, it is almost the holidays, and it's raining and nasty, but I got some good stuff on the menu for you today. Speaking of menu, have you eaten at Finch and Fifth lately? John Faulkner owns a place in Surrey Center. It is delicious. I ate there the other night, and let me tell you, that pork chop was tasty and juicy. It was fabulous. Um, They are open for lunch and dinner and Sunday brunch. So if you have not been there, you should definitely give it a try. There is nothing bad on the menu, and John Pinnell always cooks to prepare a wonderful meal for everybody anyways next up we have jay jacobs here sitting on the couch with me how are you doing today doing great nice to see you you too happy holidays you too you got some big plans uh get through it maybe (laughs) (laughs) yeah right um and you have kids i do i have one that's a little over a year and a half he and uh we are excited you know, it's uh, it's the first real Christmas where he is kind of um, aware of what's going on. So we're having a lot of fun with um, uh, presents and uh, giving and give uh, and getting <laughs> and paper flying around the house. Oh my so. gosh! So Santa, Santa thing there. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, and what about Elf on the Shelf? No, we don't do that. <laughs> no. It's kind of whack, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's. Uh, it smacks of effort. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I um, stayed at my nephew's and I had to change it. And uh, he woke up the next morning. He was like, it's already been there before. And yeah. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> anyway, so um, here in Augusta, have you always been from here? Uh, I grew up across the river in North Augusta. Okay. Yep. And uh, went to high school over there and then left and went to Savannah for a little while and kind of bounced around uh, after that. But um Augusta being the boomerang town that it is, ended up back here, I guess, in the uh, early 2000s. Yep. So, Jay, you are a phenomenal artist here in town. I'm pretty Thanks. sure that people know your name. They know your work. Um, so did the art bring you back to Augusta? Uh, um, it's weird. I think the Augusta brought me back to Augusta. Okay. You know, it's, um, it's one of those towns where, you know, you're one – one person away from knowing everybody you're two hours away from you know all these fantastic places and you know it's genuinely a, a nice place to live you know it's got its problems like anywhere else does but geographically um and you know socially it's it's really awesome and we've got you know we've got some really cool things happening here it's in the midst of these small little pockets of rebirth which is really kind of encouraging and exciting Growing up, at what age did you realize that art was going to be a passion for you? Uh, probably about five five years old. Um, my family would uh, spend time in a cabin on a tree farm in Georgetown, South Carolina, and um, the had heart pine walls with the big knots in it. 
to keep from being scared of the dark and worrying about what monster was under the bed, <laughs> I would take the knots in the wall and make them into eyes and then build silly faces around them. And as long as I was doing that, I wasn't distracted by uh, what was outside the window in the woods, you know? <laughs> and um, so that's uh, how I learned how to kind of see things differently. And that translated into crayons on construction paper and drawing that way. And then pen on paper and then uh, paint on canvas. And it's just, it's a style that I still work in a lot um, where I start with ellipses and circles and they find their way into faces. And um, uh, it's proven to be um, a recognizable style as well as a really cathartic style. So if I'm, I'm working on something else that's meticulous and intricate and time consuming and uh, kind of small and laborious, uh, I'll have one of these big kind of stream of consciousness paintings going as well. And um, that's something I can work on with my whole body. And um, it's a real good way to deprogram and purge. So <laughs> uh, it's very, it is very cathartic and um, it balances out the other ways that I work. You can find those paintings around town a lot too. They're yeah. almost in all places. I mean, you walk in and I, you, those faces are just pop out everywhere. Yeah, if somebody gave me a building, I, I could cover it pretty quickly. I think <laughs> it's it's something that's so automatic now to where I really don't have to think while I'm doing it. Um, and it is. Is it, it just like a release for you? Well, it's. I think the fact that it's problem solving. You know, when you when you're talking on the telephone and you're you're scribbling on a notepad, and you don't really pay attention to what you're doing, but um, something kind of introduces itself to this to the doodles, um, something that you hadn't really anticipated because you just quit thinking and started drawing. That's kind of what this is, and I've taught that a few times to kids and you know adults and um, uh, like wounded warriors, and it's one of these things where if you present it as problem solving and you say, all right, let's just make a mess, and then you figure out, look at it differently, and see what you see, it you know, parallels other things in life. And it does, um, it does answer kind of a question, you know, it's like, how do I, how do I fix this? And it's a simple way to do it, but it is a legitimate, you know, parallel to larger things. That's not the only style of art you do. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, uh, I'm self-taught and, a little self-conscious and I, I guess I do have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I don't, I don't want to be, um, um, relegated to one, um, kind of style, which, you know, that makes you popular. I mean, that's what makes people love your art is that it's not just one kind. I I think people like to be able to identify a style. Um, I think people, when can, people can recognize art, they, you know, they, they enjoy it and interact it and, they feel smart. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I think sometimes it's a double-edged sword. I, I work in multiple styles because I enjoy working in multiple styles and, um, it keeps things fresh and gives me room to explore. But, you know, um, if I was just doing one thing all the time, um, it might be a little more beneficial that it's, um, more recognizable. Uh, essentially I think, and this is true with a lot of people that I know here, is I would still be doing this if nobody was watching. Um, it's an exercise that really is like, you know, 
church or fishing. You know, it's something <laughs> Which, that's yeah, you like necessary. fishing too. I oh hear. yeah, man. Yeah, that's 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 the reset <laughs> button, and I think that you know that's that's what art is, and that's that. I think that's the how art is typically celebrated, but not really engaged. You know, <laughs> the beauty of where we are, and the grassroots kind of do-it-yourself environment that we've had for so long is the fact that it doesn't accommodate pretentiousness. You know, if you've got 15 people who are all doing it because they want to do it, they want to have fun doing it, and they want to, you know, enjoy each other's company while you do it, and that 15, you know, changes constantly. It's, um, uh, you know, an organic group of, you know, creative people in our community but as soon as somebody gets in there and thinks that they're somehow more important or better or condescending or something like that, they get spit out. And that's a beautiful thing, you know? And it is because you don't have a bunch of people in suits and, you know, and that's another double-edged sword, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're not making any money, but, you know, you're having having a good time. Um, Breaking into the Augusta art scene, the downtown art scene for you, what point was it? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, the, I've said this before. I think one of the people who've fostered and shepherded our local art scene more than anybody is Coco. And, you know, you've interviewed him before. Um, but, you know, just with being able, having an avenue, having a place to show, like the Soul Bar, and to learn how to show. You know, I didn't know how to put hanging wire on a painting the first one I showed. <laughs> and, um, and they taught you, well, they the other artists. They, they didn't teach me. It was, a, it was a, a group effort. We all moved together. You know, we drug each other forward, you know. Um, and, you know, you look back at some of the work, and it was all over the place, and you watch how some people figure out their style and how they want to speak through their work. And it's a just a really interesting transformation to see it done in that environment but you know he i think for lack of a better term soul bar and sky city have become incubators and they've become this this place to learn how to you know not make art but that ugly part of the <laughs> process you know trying to make a buck off of it and you know uh what it's done is taken something that you know i I don't enjoy as much and made it pleasurable. Um, and now with the introduction of a, you know, a couple of new places in Augusta, we've got this, this missing rung in the ladder that we haven't had for a long time where, you know, people can go from showing in bars and coffee shops and things like that and start really taking it more seriously and showing in an environment that's um, kind of geared and caters to um, presenting the art very intelligently and speaking about it intelligently and taking it seriously as someone, um, you know, would take their own work. And I think that it's, it's really, it started to happen recently and it started to already have an impact on our uh, kind of creative environment. Would you say the camaraderie of all the local artists around here are really pushing towards that as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've been doing it a long time. I've, the Some of the people I've been working with, I've been, you know, hanging out with and you know collaborating with for you know 15 years longer than that like closer to 20 and you know with with that being said you build these relationships and you know where you can anticipate and so i've done shows where we've painted live i painted live with a friend of mine and 
um, you know, there's no net. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're relying on them to really bring it and you have to bring it too. And you push each other and, you know, these, we've done it twice with Leonard and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, the benefits of that are just incredible because not only are you exercising and getting this, you know, recharge out of it and able to collaborate with somebody that you like their work and you like them as a person, but you're affording the community the chance to watch the creative process. And that's a, that's a really big thing. And that, that, you know, when people understand art and understand how art's made, then they understand why it's a necessary thing. So when you're painting live, I mean, obviously there's obstacles. You have people coming in and out. Can the people interfere, or I guess maybe interfere is not the right word, but can they change your vision? Will someone come up and talk to you and you were looking at something and they may see something else and then all of a sudden your direction changes? See, that that's the thing I love. That's that's That kind of information exchange is why I paint live. I did something recently. It was a large painting. It was um, seven four-foot by four-foot boxes, and the whole idea was information exchange. Um, and everybody that came into the space where I was painting, I wanted to engage with them and take something from them. And, you know, if somebody came in with a dog, the dog got put into the painting. If <laughs> Ollie. You know, yeah, yeah. My, my niece came in, and, you know, when she's, she's you know, four years old and hell on wheels. So when she left, there was a... Um, um, a gorilla in combat boots and a tiara and a tutu, you know? <laughs> so like all these things. And what I tried to do was approach it as a murmuration of birds. So I would put these images and, um, representative, uh, um, characters that paralleled the conversations I was having and I'd put them on there on the substrate randomly and then find a way to connect them. And in a murmuration of birds, um, the birds react to their seven closest neighbors. And so what I started to do is as these images started to react to each other, um, they started to close the gaps with more images that that are parallel to the, the pair and kind of link them together. And what that did was actually create a narrative. So this whole painting and the whole kind of loose theme of it and the symbolism involved in it um, all came from, you know, just closing the gaps between the icons that represent the conversations I was having. So um, <laughs> got off subject a little no, bit. No, not at all. That's what we're here for. That the lot, the, <laughs> when, when you're, when you're, like I said, the, the beautiful part of painting for me is the active nature of, creating something and for lack of a better way to put it you know i I would much rather call this making up some cool shit than (laughs) making up art than making art you know because there's that off the tongue a little better too yeah you know (laughs) and there's this really can be this really pretentious and really know-it-all type interpretation of art and artists and Essentially, it's the simplest and most basic thing in the world. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, how there's not a lot of pretentiousness in this town with the art downtown. At least you were saying how you all work yeah. together and how it's the ability for that you all play off of each other. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the you know, n- not you're not gonna like everybody's art all the time. Um, but the the one thing that uh, kind of the downtown small scale you know local art scene that we have, the, kind of the grassroots version is the fact that you know you have the luxury of pairing up with people that you are interested in working with, and that I mean that's that's the real you know that's the real benefit of kind of being involved in in you know group shows and you know other things that are happening around here is that you meet people who influence you and there's a healthy exchange of ideas and there's not a whole lot of you know this condescending oh you're not a real artist kind of mentality you know i i've i think that some of the most exciting work that's being made around here is coming from a younger group of artists that come from a printmaking background and it's a lot of minimal work that's just, you know, says so much with so little, um, so little necessary, uh, necessity to speak. You know what I mean? It's I like you, you get a lot of mileage out of a little, a little bit of, um, I'm thinking, I'm not putting this as eloquently as I, <laughs> I see it in my mind, but you know, um, it's, uh, it's exciting to watch a different approach to, making work and it's really highly intelligent and what it's done is it's affected everybody you know uh i'm i'm like 43 and you know you look great (laughs) (laughs) i definitely have a face for radio um (laughs) and a voice (laughs) but the you know the thing that that i love is i love you know finding or discovering i guess um personally discovering new artists and art and that to me is really exciting because it affects me and it affects the way that I work too. You know, when there's an exchange of ideas and information um, and to be able to apply that to what you're doing and still stay grounded in what you know you do and how you know you work, but to have all these new flavors coming in and out that can't do anything but benefit, you know, a creative community. And I think that that's what's really happening more now is that you've taken this pack of kind of nomadic weirdos who've just (laughs) tried to find different venues to put their work up just because they're making it and they have it, you know, to now you have people who are like serious about wanting to make a living doing it. And what that's done is it's forced, um, it's forced Augusta, it's forced Augusta to create avenues for that otherwise they're going to leave so we've know? gone from not just hanging your paintings at soul bar and sky city but to galleries around well, here well soul bar and sky city are still i don't think soul bar does it as much anymore but sky city is still a really necessary and valuable avenue because you know when you like i've met people who were really interested in showing work and you could tell that they they haven't been working for a long time and they they were excited but they needed experience like they need that that walking in there and somebody you know one of their peers showing them how to you know make this oh you know if you frame it up with this this wood it'll look you know 10 times better and you know it's a better presentation when you learn things like that from interacting and collaborating you have to have an avenue to do that in and that's what sky city affords a, uh, not even a younger, but um, kind of a um, a fresher um, kind of catalog of art. 
If, I'd agree you, with that. Yeah, you know, and then the things that are happening now is like with the Westaboo Gallery is you've got you've got that missing rung, you've got that next step to where somebody wants to make a living selling work. This is this is the the thing that Augusta was really missing, and you know there are there are places like that, but sometimes um, you know if you don't make contemporary or expected work, I guess, if you don't make what, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, again, <laughs> if, if you don't paint golf, if you don't paint amen quarter at the national, or if you don't paint, you know, yeah, what's expected magnolia flowers and stuff like that, then sometimes you get lost in the shuffle, you know? And the, the beautiful thing is we, we do have a really, like a really diverse group of artists working right now in Augusta and it's just and it's apparent I mean it's oh, yeah. everywhere yeah man it's you know it's like I said I walk into a place and am very frequently uh knocked out by some art on the walls that I have never seen before that happened yesterday where yeah. were you I was at the hive I saw a guy who's doing wood inlay okay it hangs on the wall and um man it's you know I'm I I left my number with the owner and I'm going to meet with him next week. And we're going to talk about, you know, just an exchange of ideas, an exchange of it. information. That's, that's what it is. It's like in a grassroots environment, like we have, it's not necessarily as important what you know and who, you know, as what not to do <laughs> and who not to work with, because that, that's what, that's what this packing up like a, like a art gang sometimes that's what it, it's good for is like, if you screw over a couple of people, the word gets out and then you don't get any work from them anymore. And you know, that's what you kind of have to do is self-preservation, but it's a, it's a town where you get asked pretty frequently to donate artwork for free for exposure, something that nobody wants or needs, you know? And, um, uh, I just, it's back to that old thing. Would you go to a dentist and tell him to donate, donate a root canal? You know, <laughs> it's like, no, no, sorry. So if somebody here listening would love to come and check out your art, where would be some places where they could look at it? I have work up right now at the Westaboo gallery. Um, uh, I've got some, uh, a lot of, I do a lot of live demo paintings. Um, typically they're on four foot by four foot wooden boxes that I build or on four foot diameter circles that I cut out of wood. Um, there are a couple hanging in the hive right now. Um, um, do you announce when you're doing live paintings? Can they find it on your Facebook? Yeah. Typically it's just Jay Jacobs art on Facebook and, um, I'll do, uh, when the Saturday market's up, I'll, I'll put a, put work out there sometimes and just do a live demo painting or, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where as I kind of feel like it, um, it will show up. Yeah. I'll, uh, if I, if I feel motivated enough to pack a table up in the truck, then I'll, I'll go and put some small work out. And, you know, I try to keep, um, a box of small wooden pieces, uh, in the studio and between things I'll exercise. Um, uh, and that's just painting quick on wood and, you know, that gives me the opportunity and doing the demo paintings gives me the opportunity to sell things for, um, a little less than I would in the, if I made them in the studio. So it, it accommodates Everybody. Both, both parties. Yeah. 
Well, know? great. Well, I really appreciate you coming in and yeah. talking with us and sharing a little bit about the scene that maybe people don't really realize. Yeah. It's really phenomenal. And uh, go Gamecocks, right? <laughs> hey, absolutely. Next year, next year, right? <laughs> next year, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jay. All I right. really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Next up, I want you to give a great listen to Chris Nettie. You can check her out at Augusta acoustic.chocolate.com. This song playing is called Secret. And January 8th, she will be playing at Playoffs in Aiken. So if you have a chance, go out there and uh, show her some love. Here it is. There's a secret in your bedroom. Who is she? What's she doing here? Is she precious? Is she grander? Is she loving you? Are you loving her? Faint smell of cheap perfume. Not my kind left in the room. She's still here. I can feel her. Watch out now. I'm going closer. First grade education. Lack of self esteem and no motivation. She gets her nails done. She gets her hair fixed. There she goes now. Ain't that your trick? It out. I don't speak French, so you figure out I can pack my things, show up and leave You grab a hold of me, she doesn't mean a thing That's good for you, that's great for me No, I don't have to explain why I'm gonna leave Ain't it obvious, you two need time alone And I will leave you to this broken home First grade education, lack of self-esteem And no motivation, she gets a she goes now, ain't that your trick? Check the clock on the wall to see if you're out of time. Lipstick on a glass of red wine. You cannot hide from me things I can clearly see. What would she think of me? 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 First grade education, lack of self-esteem and no motivation. She gets her nails done, she gets her hair fixed. There she goes now, ain't that your trick? Thanks again for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Round. Thank you, Jay Jacobs, for sitting on the comfy couch. Thank you, John Faulkner, for the wonderful food at Finch and Fifth. And thank you, Chris Netty, for the tunage for our ears. If you should check it out, coming up in February, Jay Jacobs and Leonard are going to be doing a David Bowie-themed art show the whole month long. So check it out when it comes around. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.